not about what the outside world thinks. It's about what does, you know, what do you have in that room? And the best man wins, and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Outside World, the Athletics OU Football Podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. Happy to be joined on today's episode by former OU center Gabe Eichard, who is uh, currently a host on SiriusXM Radio and recently just started his own podcast, The Oklahoma Breakdown, with Teddy Lehman and Dusty Dvorak. Gabe, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, Kersey. Uh, Isn't it nice to have someone on this show that knows how to pronounce your last name? It is, and I very much appreciate it. Because the problem is, I don't correct people. I just sort of let it go, and I probably see, shouldn't. But see, I understand the last name struggle, man. Uh, so <laughs> it, I, I always make sure that I ask and I get it right, because I know how infuriating it can be when someone <laughs> just butchers your last name. What do they call you, iCard or something? I, there's a lot of iCard. There's a, the, the one that really gets my blood boiling, though, and I'm not entirely sure why, but if someone hits me with Ickard, I just, <laughs> man, I, I, I get all crazy. I get very upset at them. It's like, it's Ickard. Get it right. I, I clearly don't handle it as well as you do. Well, it's funny. I went on the radio with Teddy, your podcast partner, for years, and he said "cursy," and I never corrected him. And he got mad at me. Finally, like called me and was like, "Why did you not tell me?" I was like, "I just, I don't know. I just didn't want." To. I guess I Teddy's just an intimidating guy. Yeah. I mean, I get it. <laughs> um, well, hey, again, thanks for doing this. And first, you know, I, I, I think this would be a good chance to tell people about your podcast and also just kind of talk about some of the things going on. And I. I I'm going to start with something fun though, Gabe. I want to know what is your go-to takeout food right now? Do you have a, a go-to place? Yeah, I've got a go-to takeout spot. Uh, it's right down the street from our house here in Oklahoma city. Place is called upper crust. Uh, okay. Known for its pizza. It's probably my wife's favorite restaurant. So they just opened back up even for a little dine in action, but they're taking very, uh, been drawing it ever since it became an option. So it's nice that these restaurants are opening back up. Now, hopefully people are still being responsible and taking care of each other and all that stuff, but it's good to get back into the flow of things and get some of these, some of these restaurants up and running. Yeah. Now I've never been to upper crust, but I'm going to have to add it to my list. Uh, I'm in Oklahoma city as well. So I guess I can get that. My go-to has been shish mahal. I don't know if you've ever eaten that nice. or if you even like Indian food, but man, I, I, and it's gotten so bad that Postmates sends me a notification every Saturday. They're like, do you want to order shish mahal? Which probably means I'm ordering it too much, but well, consistency is key, Jason. So I <laughs> yeah. like that. <laughs> um, well, you know, let's, let's start with this Gabe, because you went through spring football, and, and you've, you've been through a lot of these things. I'm, those guys got one practice. How important is spring football, really? Because like, I think a lot of people think, ah, it doesn't really matter that much, but I'm sure it does. Can you explain like, kind of what the importance of spring football is? I think spring football certainly matters. Anyone that doesn't think it matters probably hasn't gone through it. Now, does it matter as much? for your veteran players as it does for players? No, no, it doesn't. But spring football was huge for me. 
because I, I transitioned between my redshirt year and, and my redshirt freshman year to offline from tight end. That whole process took place during spring ball. So not only was I getting real reps in practice, I was doing it at a position I had never played. So those reps during that spring ball were extremely valuable for me. And ultimately, what I learned in spring carried over into training camp and a couple games into the season, all of a sudden, I'm the starting left guard. So I yeah. went from being a tight end to <laughs> transitioning to offensive line in spring ball and then all of a sudden being a starter. So spring ball was extremely important. I, I think spring ball is really important for your young players, for their physical and mental development. One thing that people don't talk nearly enough about when it comes to spring ball is it's when young players gain confidence. Confidence is so important in the sport of football. I mean, it, it's one of the most important things, in my opinion. And you gain that confidence by getting those reps and being successful during spring ball. Because you haven't, if, if you're a young guy and you haven't gotten on the field in the fall, you, you really have nothing to lean lean on to create confidence for yourself yeah. so success in spring ball was huge for me in convincing myself and the coaches that i could play at ou that that i could contribute that i deserved to be on the field i'll still remember it you know i started stringing practice after practice together where i'm playing well and I started feeling a lot better about myself as a football player. So clearly you're going through X's and O's. You know, you have guys learning the ins and outs of your offense and defense, special teams, everything. But I think the one thing people aren't talking about is the confidence that you can build during the spring. Yeah. Probably pretty key for those defensive guys right now, too. I mean, going into year two of Grinch. No, OU's defense Youngos. has been great. Come on, Jason. <laughs> what are we talking about? I, I mean, I'm thinking of guys like uh, Jaden Davis and Bryson Washington and some of those young DBs that are going to have to play. The You know, uh, Perry and Winfrey on the defensive line. I mean, there are a lot of guys that I, I think really could have benefited from more than one spring practice. And we'll get into quarterbacks in a minute because I do have questions for you about that. But, I mean, the defensive guys really could have probably used those extra 14 days. No doubt. Yeah. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, you so I have vowed to not use the phrase quarterback battle again. I don't want to fall for it again. I think Spencer Rattler is going to be the starter. But, but for – you know, conversation's sake. I mean, they were competing for the job and they are competing for the job. And you going into your senior year, there was a, a quarterback battle. And that's kind of the last one I think that surprised me. I thought up until the last week or two, I really thought Blake was gonna was gonna be the starter from the first game. But you you went through that and you were the center as well. So when there's a quarterback competition going on, do the players care? Like, did you guys care about who won? Did you have favorites? Did you, did, were you interested to know when it would be announced or were you by that point, did you just kind of wait for them to make the announcement? How did you guys handle that as, as other teammates? Yeah. As an offensive lineman, I mean, you got to block whatever play is called. It doesn't matter what quarterback is talking to you at the line of scrimmage or in the huddle. 
I mean, you got to do your job. So that's what you're concerned with first and foremost, and that's for any position, right? But it's only human nature for guys in a locker room to not pick sides, but to lean one way or another. I mean, to have the reasons why they think one guy should be the quarterback over the other, that's that's just how we're wired, right? I mean, I'm sure some wide receivers wanted Blake to be the quarterback and some wide receivers wanted Trevor Knight to be the quarterback back when that quarterback battle was going on. But the one thing about that, and I still remember all you guys asking me about it, we didn't know, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, we don't know. The, the rest of the room doesn't know all the ins of playing the quarterback position. I mean, that was up to the coaching staff. That's why they were getting paid a whole lot of money to make those decisions. We all just needed to worry about doing our jobs. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the biggest thing during a quarterback battle. And, hey, if Lincoln Riley, who is the quarterback coach, who is the offensive coordinator, and is the head coach, the guy that runs the quarterback room, if he says there's a quarterback battle, guess what? To me, there is. That's fair Whether enough. Whether Spencer Rattler is more talented than Tanner Mordecai, yeah, we can debate that. Rattler's the more talented kid. Mordecai may have a better understanding of the offense. Yeah. But if Lincoln Riley says these guys are competing for the job, I'm going to take the man for his word. Now, we all know with the transfer portal and the role that that plays in college football that head football coaches have to play the game. We all understand that. No one wants to be in a situation where they don't have a solid backup. I mean, that, that is not where you want to be as a football mm-hmm. team. So there's, there's a little maneuvering in this entire thing. But, yeah, when it comes to a QB battle and what these guys at OU are about to go through, that thing will work itself out. That's up to the coaches. It's out of your control. You can only control what you can, can control. And that's doing your job. You, get, you better be more worried about you keeping your spot and playing well <laughs> Than what's going on with the quarterbacks. Yeah. For you though, was that, was that a weird time? Because Trevor, I mean, look, Trevor's a great guy. I'm not saying anything bad about Trevor, but I know that you and Blake are really good friends. I'm wondering if that was weird for you. Yeah, no, I mean, it's no secret. Blake Bell is one of my best friends. He was a groomsman in my wedding. I mean, we hang out all the time still. Uh, He's just one of my lifelong friends. Did I want him to be the starting quarterback? Hell yeah, I did. He was one of my best friends. Yeah. Now, I didn't make that known. I didn't tell Trevor Knight, hey, I hope you practice poorly <laughs> today. I hope right. you suck out there. Like, no, I wanted to win. And yeah. if Blake earned the job, great. Because then I'm out there and we're winning games and I'm having fun with one of my friends. Ultimately, Trevor did some unbelievable things. Right. Spring ball in training camp. I mean, everyone points to the Alabama game. That's the way he played in scrimmages during the spring and during training camp. And we all were like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy if he plays like this. Yeah. Now, it ended up not working out that way. It was too inconsistent, and we all know how it played out. But there, there's reasons – that coaches pick one quarterback over the other. And it's because they see them every single day in practice. And Blake, it's not like Blake was playing poorly. Trevor was just playing out of his mind, man. Yeah. 
when Blake had some really good games that year when he did get his chance and obviously saved that Bedlam game and saved and, and, our ass in Stillwater. <laughs> and things have worked out well for him beyond that too. What a, what a great story, by the way, for him. Uh, Going into to, year getting, six. How about yeah, that? Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I, you know, that's the sort of thing you look back on. It's like, man, if more guys maybe were willing to change positions and his body's a little different, I know, but man, you know, he, instead of transferring somewhere and, and playing quarterback, which he could have done, you know, sticks around and, and makes a nice career for himself. And now he's a Super Bowl champion. So, uh, that, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, another thing I wanted to ask you about, you went through the draft process and the, and, and the rookie, uh, experience and all those things. And I know it's a little different for the guys right now, but what, what are the guys right now that were in your spot that are undrafted free agents? What, what is, what are they thinking about right now? What is life like for them uh, in this moment? Do you think for Parnell Motley? Yeah. Everything right now is all weird because of the coronavirus's effect on sports, right? Sure. Of course. So if you want to take that out of the picture, yeah, it's extremely stressful. Um, you know that you you going into it, you do not have a great chance of making a roster. I mean, that's just the truth. But the important thing is to focus on getting better every single day and handling two things. And it's pretty simple for me. If you're an undrafted guy trying to make a team, number one, you got to know what you're doing all the time. You cannot have mental errors. That is the quickest way to get your ass cut. They are not going to put up with an undrafted guy making mental errors. It's just not going to happen. You are not going to get the leniency that draft picks get. So you go into that knowing that, knowing, hey, I got to know this offense or this defense like the back of my damn hand. And then the second thing, you got to pop off the tape. You have to do something each and every practice. You don't have to go above and beyond and try to do other guys' jobs. You just have to jump off the tape doing your job at a high level. Those are the two keys. Yeah. If you do those two things, if you know what you're doing and you jump off the tape, that's all you can do when you're an undrafted guy. And then you got to get some luck. You got to hope that a coach gets in your corner and is fighting for you, you know, when they're having the staff meetings, there's a lot of variables. There, there's so much of that is dependent on timing and place, you know, how the rest of the roster is constructed, who's in your room. There's, there's all kinds of things that factor into an undrafted guy making a team, but you can only control what you can control. So don't mess up. And play at a high level. I mean, it's that simple. I know it sounds yeah ridiculously simple, but that's it. If you do those two things, you got a chance. If you don't do those things, uh, you you got no chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I had one more thing I wanted to ask you about from last season, and then we then I want to talk to you about your podcast and and all of that. But I, I I'm not sure I've ever heard you talk about this. Maybe you talked about it on the radio, and I missed it. But one of my favorite little tiny snippets from last season was the Baylor game when Jalen was not looking at the field goal and you told him that the kick was good. Can you kind of take us inside that moment? I I've been fascinated by that since it happened. 
Yeah, well, as you know, uh, I am on the sidelines for the OU radio call. So uh, I was down there for a reason. I was doing doing my job. Right, my man right. Chris Plank. But, yeah, when you go back to that comeback for OU in Waco, what, down 28 to 3, everything going wrong in a hostile road environment, no CD lamb. But the momentum shift in the second half of that football game is unlike anything I have ever experienced. So the reason that Jalen is standing next to me in that moment is it was cold in Waco. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm only standing on that bench because so that's the offensive line bench. So I will stand there and listen to Beat and Bow, and sometimes, you know, a guy like Creed Humphrey – will ask me you know, what the defense was doing, what I saw, you know, just, you know, picking my brain. Because I've, I've got a decent amount of football knowledge. and A little. I mean, you're, you're okay. Just a, de- a, a decent <laughs> amount. And, and so I'm just standing there in the spot I always stand in when the offense is on the field because it's the elevated bench. In this case, it was heated, so it feel, felt really nice. So I'm just standing there, field goal team goes out, Gabe Burkich is going to kick that field goal, and Jalen just comes right next to me, stands, right me, looks at me, and I was like, I got you, man. And I knew exactly, we, we've all been there, right? You, you can't see if the shot's going in or if the field goal's going to go in. We, we've all had that moment in our sports lives. So I told him I had him, and when it went in, I let him know it was as simple as that. It, it wasn't like some people were like, why did you go stand next to Hertz? You just wanted to get on TV. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he came and stood next to me. Right. No, yeah, no, I just thought that was a really kind of cool moment and a, almost sort of a little peek into the psyche of, of, a, of a competitor like Jalen Hurts who, you know, has to, has to turn away during those moments. I've that, always thought that stuff was pretty cool. And, and, and just think, how many football games – has Jalen Hurts played worse in than that one? Oh, especially right? I mean, he was just – he was a turnover machine. He yeah. did not play – but he just kept fighting, kept clawing back, you know, end up winning 34-31, keep their playoff hopes alive, eventually go to the playoff. It was – I will say this, Percy. The energy on that sideline – in the second half during that comeback, it, it's hard to describe if you weren't there. And that's probably the most fun I've had at a football game that I did not play in. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was so much fun watching <laughs> those kids come back and just feeling the energy shift on the sideline. I, I'll never forget it. Never forget it. I was, I was happy to be a small part of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was an, I mean, it's one of the most amazing games I've ever seen. What I always tell people, I think uh, your friend and mine, Kerry Murdoch has talked about this before, but one of the funniest moments from that game was so at halftime when the coaches came back in to go to the press box, you had the Baylor coaches came in, I think first, and they just like came off the elevator, ran like jogged past us. And it was like, they were on a mission. And then, the OU coaches came out and they were kind of, you know, walking around. A couple of them grabbed a cookie. Like, and I, in that moment, I thought this game is over. They, uh, oh my God, this game is over. And it could, I couldn't have been more wrong. They were just calm and they kind of knew 
probably that, that the game wasn't over. But it, I, I always, I'll never forget that watching that and thinking, oh my God, they're going to get the doors blown off them. And that's that's really funny that you say that because I kind of had a similar mentality at halftime in the game. Like I'll, I'll talk to some of the guys at halftime on the sideline, you know, counsel them, you know, be a therapist if they need it every once in a while because I know how stressful and difficult it is playing big-time college football. Like it is. And I just kept saying, guys, I, I just feel like you're going to win the game. I don't know why. I was like, I don't know why you're getting your ass kicked, but I just, I just feel like you're going to win the game. You're better than these guys. Like that first half, I, I just kept saying that first half was a fluke. Doesn't mean anything, and it's not like I was Nostradamus or anything. There was a <laughs> lot that had to go right for him in that second half. But yeah, I, I think panicking and freaking out it does nobody any good. Yeah. It doesn't. You, you have to, you have to carry yourself with confidence. In any situation, especially when you're getting drilled like that, so it, that was that was one of the great memories I have of doing, you know, the sideline analyst thing for the the radio calls. That's probably that's probably the number one game for me up to this point in the two years I've done it. So speaking of you know your your career in, in broadcasting i'm always interested in guys who go from being athletes to, to doing what you're doing and 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 doing this and i talked to teddy about this once on this podcast but did you you were always and i'm not just saying this to suck up to you you were always one of the best interviews uh you were always great to deal with with the media even at times when i'm sure you really didn't want to talk to me you did and i always appreciated that but uh, when did you sort of make the decision that you were going to, you were going to pursue this as a career? Yeah. I, I, I never thought that this would be what I was doing. Um, the plan the entire time I was in college. And even when I went to play in the NFL was to be a doctor. I mean, that's what I was majoring in. That's what my focus was on. And frankly, life happened and things changed and, Going to medical school didn't sound very appealing after playing four years in the NFL. So it actually kind of fell into place by accident. Uh, Randy Heights from the franchise, he messaged me on Facebook asking if I would be interested in coming in and, you know, giving it a try. Literally, that that's yeah. what happened. Now, I'd done some things on Sooner Game Day, the pregame show uh, with Chad McKee and Teddy Lehman yeah. for Fox Sports, and I'd really enjoyed that. But still, I mean, it was never the plan. But once some of these opportunities started coming my way, I realized that sports is what I love and that I could get paid to talk about sports and try and entertain people, which is two things I really enjoy doing. So I figured, why not give it a try? Uh, see if I like it. And I love it. It's great. Yeah. It, it was never the plan. Um, my mom reminds me all the time, hey, you can still go back to med school or law school. And I'm like, mom, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. What a disappointment I am. But it has been a lot of fun. 
I've got, I, I get a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment out of it. And I think the whole point of life, right, is to feel like you're not working, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole goal. Mm-hmm. And that's how this kind of feels for me. Now, I, I work hard at it and I try to get better at it. And I ask people that have been doing it for a long time for feedback and advice. And I, I take it very seriously. Like I'm not just winging it, but yeah, it was, it was certainly never the plan, Kersey, ever. Yeah. Just happened, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you, whenever I heard you, whenever I heard it announced that you were, had a show on the franchise, I remember thinking that's a, that's perfect. Cause I thought you would be really good at it and you are really good at it. So that leads me into the next thing, this podcast you're doing with, with two other guys who, who happen to be pretty good at this that are former players, Dusty Dvorak and Teddy Lehman. How did the podcast idea come about? And can you kind of talk about the show and, and what you want it to be? Yeah. So this is something that uh, Dusty, Teddy, and I have talked about for a couple of years now, and we just kind of put it off. You know, I think all of us being in live radio and with Dusty doing his ESPN and News 9 stuff and Teddy doing all his stuff for Sooner Sports Television, I, I think we realized that, you know, podcasting gives you a lot of flexibility, but it also gives your listeners a lot of flexibility and it's convenient for people. So we realized that you know, the technology was really taking off a couple of years ago. People were really embracing it, but we had a lot of things going on. So we put it on the back burner. And frankly, when I got laid off by the franchise uh, with the coronavirus cuts, I, I became very determined to make it happen because I, I thought it could be fun, number one. I really enjoy hanging out with Teddy and Dusty, but also I thought it could be really good. And so the thought process behind the whole thing for me is there's a lot of sports podcasts out there. Like, I I know that. Like, I listen to a ton of sports podcasts. I, I really enjoy them. But how many of those podcasts understand the people around here? how many podcasts based in New York City or Los Angeles even mention Oklahoma? I mean, a lot of those people don't think Oklahoma is even worth discussing. And for us, Oklahoma is home. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything. It's where we laid the foundation to have the opportunities we have available to us today. It's where we have our families by choice. Like it, Oklahoma is everything to us. It may be a place to be ignored or mocked by others, but I think Oklahoma deserves to be celebrated and -hmm. discussed and highlighted. And I, I know that a lot of Oklahomans always feel, we, we feel slighted sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity, of course, for us to talk about sports, because that's what we love to do, right? Talk about college football, the NFL, the NBA, and everything in between. But, but it's also a good opportunity to highlight 
some of the great things that happen in this state that maybe other people ignore simply because they don't care the way that we care. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, being a lifelong Oklahoma and myself with the exception of the few years I lived in Arkansas. And I think actually leaving the state made me appreciate Oklahoma a little bit more, even though I was just one state over. I, I totally agree with everything you're well, saying. Well, Tiger King didn't help anything. Gosh, <laughs> it was still, you watched it, didn't you? Everyone watched America <laughs> watched it. What do you mean? Did I watch it? Of course I yeah. watched it. Yeah. Now, did you ever go down there? I went to the, to the zoo once about I, seven or eight years ago. So I never went inside, but I drove by multiple times, like just drove by to see. I, I never really had an interest in holding a tiger. Um, I didn't want it to mess up my face, Kersey. <laughs> yeah. that, that's all I got, man. <laughs> right. Especially when I was when I was a big boy. I was like, yeah. well, got to protect the face. Can't have any uh, tiger claws going in this thing. But yeah, it's unbelievable how captivated America was. By Joe Exotic. Oh, man. If only they knew that we'd been talking about him for years. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tweeted this a while back, but it's like he was a he's an indie band that we knew about before That's everybody exact. else. This, <laughs> Joe Exotic, we knew him when he was playing bars in small clubs, and now everyone's getting Joe Exotic when he's on his arena tour. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. See, I did go in and play with the baby tiger and the baby bear in his living room. It was unbelievable. Um, so I, but I'm trying to imagine what the phone call to Bob Stoops would have been like if you'd called him and Bob, I got my arm bit off by a tiger. <laughs> I'm just Bob, trying we got to a back. problem. We got a problem. <laughs> now it's not my snap hand, but uh, yeah, it's it's mauled up pretty good. So maybe call the doctors. Uh, but gonna, see, we're going to need to try to save this thing. See, you wouldn't have chosen like uh, uh, the one employee did. You wouldn't have chosen to just go ahead and amputate it. <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. I'm going through every surgery I need to go through to save the limb. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I wasn't even a, a football player. Gabe, I made it through this whole podcast without talking about Bishop McGinnis and Noble. So I figured I had to say something at the end. Okay, bring it, Noble Bear. What do you you got? I I got nothing really to say other than, you know, if we play again, I I have a feeling this is the year. This is the year we'll get you guys, I I think. I I feel like you say that every year. I do. It's never going to be your year, Jason. Just accept (laughs) it. Noble... Noble isn't known for football. It's known for Tiffany's and Kindles. That's what it's known for, buddy. It's which it's is not good. There's nothing game. wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, one of the most gruesome things we were playing Noble, and it's back when Bishop McGinnis was five A, my first year there. And one of the most gruesome things I ever saw on a football field was a Noble offensive lineman's knee dislocated during the game. Oh, Ugh. I still remember. I was like, okay, that's uh that's enough of that. And he had a knee brace on too. So it was, Oh, Oh, Kersey, um, bad visual, my man. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that was back when noble probably wasn't any good. I'll bet you guys beat us pretty good in that game. We're, yeah. We're, we're a little better I, now. I think, I think that was one. Now we had a pretty good run there. I think that was probably one where it was 35, maybe 42, nothing by half. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that. But that... we, but the one thing I will say about the Noble Bears, tough. Those kids are tough. They got my respect. 
You know how much it warms my heart to hear you say that after all these years, Gabe. Hey, <laughs> one, one thing about Noble is I, I don't know if you're going to be intimidated by their athleticism, but you know the next day, it, Noble's kind of like Kansas State. Right. You know the next day, you're not going to feel very good. This, this yeah. is not going to be an enjoyable experience. Now, you're probably going to win, yeah. but you're going to feel it yeah. the day after. That is the nicest uh, minute of talk about Noble I think I've ever heard from you. So I will take it, and I will end things there and not give you a chance to say anything bad. So, <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, Gabe, thanks so much for joining the show. Oklahoma Breakdown, the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast. Go subscribe and, and listen to that. Uh, absolutely, go check it out. But thanks again for joining, Gabe. It was good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Kersey. And you, you can find the Oklahoma Breakdown on any major podcast platform. And also we put up a YouTube video of every episode, which is a lot of fun. So you can see us interacting with each other. So you can find that on YouTube. Just type in the Oklahoma breakdown. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody go do that. Well, thanks uh, again to Gabe and thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, Right now you can still subscribe to the athletic for 90 days for free during uh, the pandemic. That special is still going on. So go do that if you haven't already. Thanks again, and uh, we'll be back next time.